Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the third Man on a Post-European podcast. You might wonder why we're doing a European podcast in an international break, but me and Scott love European football that much, we've decided to do one anyway. Uh, these, uh, tonight's podcast is a little bit different. We're not going to give any spoilers as regards to subjects. You just have to listen all the way through and then you can let us know afterwards if you enjoyed it or not. The first, uh, uh, our first subject tonight is Scott is going to explain because I'm joined by Scott again. Scott, my mo, how are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Don't forget me in this episode. No, I I'm won't. The cog of the wheel. I know, I know, no, but it's a, it's a team effort at the end of the day. It is, it is indeed. Scott is going to start by telling me and telling the listeners how his love for AS uh, Aloma came to be. Scott, would you like to enlighten the listeners how everything came to pass? Of course. Um, well, back in the early... Well, I would say it started in the early 90s. There was a programme on terrestrial TV called Football Italia, mm. which I hope comes back one day, but a part of me thinks it won't, and then a part of me thinks, oh, yeah, it's going to come back. So Football Italia was on Channel 4 for pretty much most of the 90s and for a little bit of the 2000s, and that was when my love for Italian football first came into fruition. But my love for AS Roma like came in probably the the early two thousands. I would probably say between two thousand three and two thousand four, okay. where Italian football was on British Eurosport, and I was just flicking through the channels and I was just thinking, ah, oh, this is a big game. I think Roma were playing like, either Juventus or Inter, and uh, Roma won the game four 0 and actually evidently they won both games four 0 that season. Um, and I think, yeah, it's just good football to watch. I've always loved watching Serie A since I started watching it in the in the 90s. And I didn't really have an Italian team. And just Roma caught my eye. And then just, I, like, started watching out for them. And then the season after, which was 2004-2005, I started following them. Yeah. And ever since, I've been, like, like watching dodgy streams, trying to find out when the games are on TV... And then about five years ago, I started going out to my first Roma game, yeah. which was the, the 2013-14 season. For, so the five-year anniversary of May, 2014, uh, May 2019, sorry. So my first game was actually Roma Juventus. Goodness. Which, which, was, uh, which was the season where Juventus won the league by... Oh, 18 points over Roma and any other season Roma probably would have won the league that season for like because of the points tally they got but Juventus broke 100 points goodness 
And in that game, um, Roma lost 1-0. Pablo Osvaldo scored right at the end. And I nearly got lost on the way trying to get a taxi to back to my hotel, which was about four miles away from the ground. But I've learned from that mistake by going from the next time I go and watch Roma. I go to the hotel, which is literally a 10-minute walk from the ground. So it's, I don't get lost. And it, I've loved it going ever since I, I love well, my first love with football is always going to be Swindon Town but I love watching them up and down the country um, I haven't got to see them in Europe or like anything like that the only time I probably get to see them in Europe like playing in the European competition was like the Anglo-Italian Cup back in the heyday I wonder if you remember that James uh, yeah, it's a very, very distant memory in this day and age now. Yeah, distant. But what going out to watch Roma is it's it's very um, it's very interesting to see a different culture and a different style of watching football and like going like with a friend of mine who's actually in the Norwegian army and I get to meet up with him time oh, to time. Sadly, this time I don't think I'll be going get to meet him because I think he's actually gone back home but yeah just to see the different style different like um, like the way of how they watch football over there it's like very fan fanatic when I've been a couple of t- uh, like a few times I've been out there you get to meet outside the ground like yeah it's just a fun way to watch football out there yeah I've never seen a game in Italy I've been to Italy twice I went to Milan and I went to Rome and um, I was going to go to Roma Juventus in when was it 2007, but there was lots of um, information about the name on the ticket needing to be uh, um, corresponding with your ID, and yes. I I didn't want to chance my arm, so I watched it in an Italian cafe with Roma and Juventus fans, and they were extremely extremely passionate. Yeah, it's very passionate. Um, I lit what I normally do literally on the day of the game I take a walk to the stadium a couple of hours before the, before the game mm. actually not a couple of hours probably about five or six hours before the game what I love about it is the stores outside the ground what are selling merchandise they're setting up about two three o'clock in the afternoon yeah. and the game sometimes doesn't kick off to 8.45 9pm local time if it's like a a late game or uh, like Champions League now is like 15 minutes later this season but yeah it's just like brilliant to see that and the amount of money they get from fans and probably like tourists in the south it's just brilliant yeah and also the, the badge of Roma as well with it being uh, the story of uh, Romulus and Remus yes and uh, at the moment Roma are doing a I think it's called the Luperto Challenge, where they're getting fans and current players to draw the, the badge in like a minute, which is quite intriguing and quite a very good way of interacting with your own fans. Yeah, I must say the emblem is very, um, I think it's a very special emblem. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And uh, if you had to pick, because obviously it's very... Um, you show an awful lot of passion to go and watch Roma play all the way from Swindon. If you had to handpick your best Roma game live in Italy from Swindon, which one would it be? It would be, it's for an emotional one. It's Totti's last game. I managed to snap a ticket for that, which oh. was, uh, it was a must. It was, thankfully, it was over a bank holiday weekend here in the UK. So it was like the last. Uh, last weekend in May and I managed to nab a ticket so fly out, flew out on Saturday morning come home on Monday afternoon didn't miss any any work didn't miss any football back home because it was playoff season and mm. I think I think Swindon got relegated to League 2 so didn't miss any of that uh, it was Tottenham's last game um, I went for a walk literally 
about five hours before kickoff. Um, this literally close to the ground. It was just full of totty shirts, Roman number ten, just Roman shirts everywhere. And there was about sixty thousand. I managed to get in, no problem. And Roma won the game three two with a last a late Diego Perotti goal, which meant Roma finished second above Napoli and qualified automatically for a Champions League by one point. Mm. And it was Totti's last game for the club. It was very emotional. And there was a lot of tears shed. It was also Luciano Spalletti's last game for the club. Okay. Uh, and um, he went to Inter. And uh, yeah, it's probably one of my favourite uh, Roma games, just for the emotion. But also the first game I went to, which was against Romy Juventus, just just first coming to the ground and then just first seeing it. And when I managed to get a taxi to it, but but when walking up to the ground, you could see see it all built uh, for like the ninety ninety World Cup, and you can see there's also like tennis courts next to the ground, and you got all the statues and all that. You can see the history over it. And it's just it's a it's a nice little ten minute walk to the ground from where where I stay. So it just means like you can see the lights, the floodlights from the distance. And I always feel like every night game you go to, the lights, the when you see the lights of the stadium flashing, you know you're like, oh yeah, there's a night game going on. You feel like I love watching football under lights, and that just feels a bit sentimental to me. Well, night games are they're a bit more special, really, aren't they? Yeah, football under the lights in a midweek game is just like, yeah, it, it means a lot and it's very sentimental. Yeah, well, I'm sure, that, um, as I say, we were thinking of different subjects to enlighten the listeners and we thought that we would uh, chuck a few subjects that might well be interesting, so I thought we'd kick off with um, with your love of AS Roma. So, my turn is to ask James your love and we all know that your love of Arsenal which uh, which we see because if you follow James his love for Arsenal is very high and also what has Ajax and Arsenal brought to you together well Ajax and Arsenal in the Champions League in February 2003 literally changed my life literally I had a an ambition to go and watch my team abroad um, the season before you're starting to really look at possibilities because we were playing Champions League football and back then you had two Champions League group phases you had the oh, first yeah, you had the first days. phase and you had the second phase and I arranged with my friend that when the because se- Arsenal were through to the second phase and I arranged with my colleague at the time that we would attempt to go to an away game of the Champions League group uh, second phase so the draw was made and Arsenal were drawn against Valencia, Roma and Ajax Amsterdam. Oh, and yes. when I had the initial discussions with my friend, uh, he said to me, where do you want to go? I said, I want to go to Rome. He said, you don't want to go to Amsterdam? I said, no, I don't want to go to Amsterdam. But fate intervened where for some reason or another, we managed to get a ticket for the away game against Ajax in February 2003 and I was 19 years old it was my first ever European trip if you like my first ever European away day and it it was a nil-nil draw it wasn't the best game you'll ever see in your life but it was something which uh, which changed everything you know discovering the city of Amsterdam watching Ajax play 
and uh, I emigrated to the city two years later and I've been living here for more than a decade now and living and working here and, and, and interviewing Dutch players and managers the last couple of years and obviously fluency in the language but I remember being in the away end watching Ajax and if you fast forward 15 years I've gone from sitting in that away end watching my team play against Ajax to watching the the team who play at home going to watch them play at home in their own home, own stadium almost about 80 times and um you know I I don't live I don't live far from the Ajax uh, from the Ankerdorf arena I I I go past it on the metro every day to work so it just goes to show that a European match of that magnitude it can just uh can just change things but I remember in the early days you know when I first moved here and you meet different people you meet new colleagues and you make new friends and all these different kind of things and they said to me what brought you here I said well my team was playing Ajax in the Champions League and I came to watch and I was so enamoured by the city and, and, and fell in love with the city and Ajax is a massive club you know it really is a privilege to watch them play live on a regular basis so privilege to um you know to to cover them to uh to let people know information about them you know they've won 33 um Dutch league titles and and they've won the Champions League what well, European Cup four times and the Ajax school of uh, of the youth team always putting their faith in youth and the fans are, are are very very passionate and it's just it's it's just nice you know it's nice to to go from for, from that away end on that February night in 2003 and now we're sitting here doing a podcast in 2018 and you think you sometimes you have to pinch yourself really but it, it was a wonderful uh, wonderful journey which hasn't finished yet by the way but it's still I mean like for example when I first went to Ajax finals and I was working at the time and all my colleagues said oh, I wouldn't go to that game if I was you and I was a bit brash. I was only 21, and I would say, "Well, look, I've survived West Ham. I can survive anything." But I'd never seen so many police outside a football stadium in my life, Scott. It's the classic, isn't yeah, it? so it's, it's like one of the most hated yeah, rivalries in Dutch football. It's unbelievable. And you know, the, the Klassiker that I went to in August 2005, Scott, was the last Klassiker where both fans were in attendance since yes. that match. Away fans are bad. Yeah, from not just Amsterdam but Rotterdam, but also the city city rivalry between Amsterdam and Rotterdam. You know, obviously I sway towards Amsterdam because I live here. But that Ajax Feyenoord match, you know, especially with it being the one where both fans could attend, it was you break your eardrums. Feyenoord won two nil with goals from Delacout and Solomon Kalou, and um, and it was just a. A fantastic game to behold, but I remember coming out of the train station and looking up, and I swear they built a partition wall to 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 segregate Feyenoord fans from Ajax fans. You've also got, you know, the rivalry runs deep. Even though the um, even though the the fans not allowed in either Rotterdam or Amsterdam, Amsterdam Ajax Amsterdam is sponsored by Zico, uh, which is an internet provider. And of course, Zico in Rotterdam, if you're Feyenoord fans and they're sponsored, the, the internet provider is, um, internet and television provider is sponsoring Ajax, then there's a lot of uh, Feyenoord fans that are giving up their, their subscription because they don't want any money going to the club, kind of thing. Oh, wow. 
So and and like for example, there some Feyenoord fans will will refer to the Ajax not in terms of the actual name; they just prefer to say the telephone code. That's brilliant. I've got, I've got one question to to add to that because as, as being an Arsenal fan, as you've been an Arsenal fan and like like going to watch uh, Ajax in Amsterdam, did you ever prefer going to Highbury as it's the old old ground, the Emirates, or now the Johan Cruyff Arena, as it's now called? Johan Cruyff Arena. No, my I, Highbury will always be extremely special. Yeah, it was a very intimate stadium. It was, especially European matches, you know. Yes, yeah, so I was going to say the same thing. It was watching just, it on TV. It was phenomenal. And, and I'm in a fortunate position like yourself, Scott, where you travel from Swindon to Rome to watch Roma every now and again. Yeah. I'm fortunate enough to be able to do the same with Arsenal. And it's a privileged position to be in. But obviously going to the Emirates now, every game is special, but... You know, it's not. It's not. Even though we've been playing in the stadium for twelve seasons, it's still not entirely the same. But you know, more fans can attend, which is good. The atmosphere can be. I mean, I must say, in the in the two home matches I've been to so far this season under Unai Emery, it's been rocking, which is a fantastic sign. And um, but I, I, to answer your question, I would say uh, yeah, Highbury is just just, just extremely just extremely special. And uh, you know, I was uh, when I used to go, it'd be on average like twenty pound a ticket, and I would watch Henri and Bergkamp and uh, and all these wonderful players for not a lot of money, but the quality you would see in was just absolutely phenomenal. Can I, I'll, I'll add an, um, a caveat to that. You just said the ticket price for £20. That is the standard for probably most of the lower league clubs in League 1 and League mm. 2. I, 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 now this season, I've started to watch more swimming away games. Yeah. As you do, I spent my weekend at Exeter, um, which was quite fun. Yeah. And I'm, off, I'm off to watch uh, Notts County Swindon in a couple of weeks, and that's how much I pay for the ticket, 20 quid. Okay, well, have you ever been to the Meadow Lane before? Yes, I, I've been twice before, so this will be my third time. Yeah, it should be, should be a good game as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, can't wait. I always like going to away games, like following... Swindon because it's a bit more of a special atmosphere as you could probably tell when you went to watch Fulham Arsenal a couple of weeks ago yeah it was wonderful it was my first uh, away game in absolute years because obviously you know the the, um, how easy it is for the home game flying into Amsterdam, from Amsterdam and that kind of thing um, but yeah it was a special uh, a very special game that will stick with me for a long time I always feel that away games are more special uh, than home games because mm. you've got the excitement of the travel and then you can travel with your friends either by car yeah. or by coach or even by train uh, but even, even the stories I mean before I emigrated here I would go home and away with Arsenal and uh, even though it's years ago, you know, an FA Cup tie at Watford, you know, going away to Villa Park, going away with the uh, FA Cup semi-final against Middlesbrough at Old Trafford, you know, even though the, these games were many, many years ago, they still linger long in the memory. And yeah, definitely. You always cherish those moments like yeah. when you go and watch your, uh, your team play away from home. Yeah, and like you were saying, the, the, the drive up with your friends and the, having a laugh and, and mixing with the away fans and, and that kind of thing and seeing a different part of the country. and Yeah, it was, uh, it was good times. Or even 
something happened to me at the weekend or even meeting um, a swin oh, I met a Swindon player at the train station yeah. on Saturday sometimes you see uh, players who like sometimes live maybe in London if you've got a game in London they sometimes might travel home like on the train or like all with the players on the coach mm. so sometimes you can meet a player in the train station yeah so who did you meet at the train station uh, he, uh, the player's called Michael Doughty. Um, he's this is the third time he's been at Swindon. So he, his dad, who sadly passed away probably about four or five years ago, owned Nottingham Forest. I think he was the owner and the chairman. Oh, I remember the. the he was also a politician, was he not? He, I think that maybe. Or, a, the or one. A don- he was a donor to one of the parties, I believe. Yeah, I think that's the one. Then a Guardian recently did an article about him, and uh, his dad was very wealthy. Yeah. And done very good for Nottingham Forest, and you know, I think I didn't get to talk to him about that. I just talked to him about because he's currently out injured at the moment. Just mm. hoping he'd come back soon because uh, we're missing him at the moment. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I think he can be, uh, you know, not just proud of his career, but I mean, obviously, Nottingham Forest fans will know um, will know better than what we do. And this is a great yes. chance for Nottingham Forest fans to get in touch with us. But I'm on fight. I'm I'm right in thinking that when Nigel Doherty was in charge of the chairman of Nottingham Forest, that they were absolutely in rampant form and very unlucky not to go on to reach the Premier League. Well, that would be probably is it eight early? No, I would say late. 2000s yeah. maybe maybe yeah. 2008 2009 around that time maybe yeah because I remember they were playing in League 1 and I think I may have been to the uh, watching them play Swindon at the seat ground yeah if there are any Nottingham Forest fans listening to our European football show and they'd like to correct us or they'd like to give us some information don't hesitate to get in touch yeah please don't uh, we're going to now move on to our last uh, third and final subject Scott we have spoken tonight about uh, the love of European football clubs and European football matches, so I thought it was fitting for us to finish on what was our very first European match. So would you like to start? Yeah, um, I've been to two. Uh, one was actually played in Wales, and it's actually the European Super Cup final of 2014, uh, which was Real Madrid-Sevilla, mm-hmm. which Real Madrid won 2-0. My friend got a ticket in the ballot, and he asked me if I wanted to come. And literally, swimming the Cardiff on the train is literally an hour. Yeah. And it's, not, it's not expensive, so we managed to get a return. And we were sat in the, uh, with the Seville fans, and it was amazing. So this was a Cardiff City ground, which yeah. was just... It, I think it's been open a couple of years then, and it's been re, it was redeveloped. So you had the big main stand, which is now in in fruition and it holds I think it holds like 35,000 it's actually a very nice ground and it's um, it's a bit of a walk from the train station so you go past the Millennium which literally a stone's throw yep. from the train station and then you've got uh, Glamorgan's Sophia Gardens which is on the right and that's about a 20 <coughs> A twenty-minute walk. Yeah, it was a it was a great atmosphere. Sat with the Real Madrid, uh, not the Real Madrid fans. Sat next to the Seville fans, who were just non-stop ninety minutes. They sang their club hymn, which is uh, if anyone goes on YouTube, just type in Seville club hymn, and uh, you won't be disappointed. It's brilliant. And uh, but uh, sadly, Real Madrid won the game two 0 and Cristiano Ronaldo scored a lovely, lovely goal. I think he scored a free kick. And uh, my second. 
uh, European game was actually my first Roma European game, which was uh, Roma Real Madrid in 2016. And again, Real Madrid won 2 0, and Cristiano Ronaldo scored. But the, the worst part of it was I got caught in. Um, got caught up in a bit of a queue queuing up for the ground and I missed the Roma Club anthem and the Champions League anthem uh, I was absolutely gutted I literally got in as they were kicking off yeah. oh, I, was, I was fuming so hopefully because uh, I'm off to the game on Tuesday yeah. I can get to the ground early and then yeah yeah well it's all, it's all experience of course yeah, it is. It's, it's, it was great fun. Um, managed to um, speak to some Roma fans like outside the ground, and I was thinking because they they're playing at home on sa- on Sunday night, this won't happen. And he goes, no, no, it won't. And again, someone overheard me like with my British accent. He goes, oh, what part of the UK from? And what football club do you support? I goes, oh, I support Swindon. And he went, oh, Paolo Di Canio. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was just like just mingling in. It, it, uh, even though Roma lost the game and actually lost a tie 4-0 a Champions League game it was amazing just for the atmosphere just for like the buzz around the city and it oh it was I, I just can't wait to do it again on Tuesday you see you see people European football brings people together <laughs> you see it brings people together football brings people together in general but European football in general it's like a special like a special code you know once you get it you get it and once you're in you're in yeah, once they're in, they can't grab you out. Yeah, yeah. once you once you once you're sucked in, you you want to know everything. <laughs> so, James, what was your first European game following either Arsenal and Ajax? Um, I will give you both. Actually, my first uh, Arsenal European match was against Dynamo Kiev, which was a one-one draw in October of nineteen ninety-eight where Dennis Bergkamp scored a wonderful header, bullet header, to put Arsenal 1-0 up. I was behind the goal that that went in, and it was tremendous. And then in the 91st minute, Spurs fans will know, Sergei Rebrov scores an equaliser. And uh, disappointing, but we didn't lose. But I remember one of the, one of the strange memories I have of that um, of that match, Scott, is obviously our friend from Man on the Post, uh, Matt Baldwin, and uh, he of, often tells me about, you know, my love for uh, official programs going a little bit too far. But one of my memories of Arsenal Dynamo, uh, Arsenal Dynamo Kiev is I was reading the match day program, and you had all the participants of the Champions League, who was in the tournament in their separate groups with all their emblems and all their history and all that kind of thing. And I was completely transfixed. I was like, you know, I wanted to read every single word on it. But that was a fantastic Dynamo Kiev side under Lobanovsky with Shevchenko, with Lushny, with uh, uh, Rebrov. You know, it's a tremendous side. Uh, we, we were just a little bit too... Uh, wasn't really ready for what was coming. But, uh, you know, it was my first European game and we never forget it. With my... Uh, with here in Amsterdam... My very first Ajax European match was against uh, Sparta Prague in October 2005. Ajax won 2-0. And uh, Hedriguez Maduro, who used to play for Sevilla and Valencia, and also um, he actually scored in that game. He was a very, very young player. But yeah, Ajax was in a group with uh, Arsenal, Dunn from Switzerland, and Slav and Sparta Prague. 
and I uh, I went to Sparta Prague. I've been fortunate enough to see many many European games uh, with Ajax specifically here uh, in recent years against Fiorentina and, and Marseille and, and Barcelona and Paris Saint-Germain. It's very very special. But uh, when you go to watch your own team play in Europe, like for example, I was told I was crazy because I flew back for Arsenal Volska Potava in the Europa League only three weeks ago. But uh, the memories will last a lifetime. And you get to see your team play in Europe. Absolutely. And you never know. We, I must say from an Arsenal point of view, Scott, I firmly believe that Arsenal fans took playing in Europe for granted. Uh, I never did, but I think a lot of them did. You know, they would kind of poo-poo the group phase and, and want to get through the group phase before a match before a ball has even been kicked when you've got to embrace every single match and then see how far you go and the, the only time we really did that Scott we reached the final and I often find myself wondering why we couldn't do that every year but these things happen eh? But at least you, at least you get to see your club play in Europe get really far in a tournament and do really well but that season, I remember that season. Uh, all I remember, I remember vividly, was the Villarreal game. Yeah, it was. I uh, I remember the phone call I had with my sister afterwards, and I was just in floods of tears because I remember saying to my mother, uh, "I left for Amsterdam uh, the February bef- February before." Uh, before that season started and I said to my mum you know a, a dream's come true to go and live abroad and work abroad I said you know what's going to happen now don't you Arsenal going to win the Champions League and I was laughing I was like nah that's, that's not you know I was, I was joking but that that penalty saved because I remember when when that foul was made I, my heart completely sank I thought no no to, to come this far and to never and, and to never get there but thankfully we did, and if it wasn't for 13 minutes at the end of a football match and uh, and a, a wrong substitution in taking off Robert Peebles, we may well have won the Champions League by now. Yeah, but can I, can I ask you, it would probably be my final question of, yeah. the, of the night for yourself. Um, best atmosphere following uh, watching the Ajax? I, I'm just intrigued because you said some very good teams who may bring some support down. Marseille, was that was that yeah. a good one? Because Marseille are quite well known in France for their supporters. It it was tremendous. It was uh, one of the games that I'll never forget. It was a two-two draw, but on that pitch you had uh, Luis Suarez, you had uh, Sendon playing for Marseille, and obviously with his PSV uh, um, past, he was uh, yes. he was cajoled and booed on every single. Uh, on every single uh, pass that he made, it was a Marseille side who were managed by the Belgian um, manager Eric Gierlitz. and um, yeah, they, it was a fantastic Marseille side. They um, they went on to um, to the quarter. Fi- uh, I think it was the quarterfinals of the um, of the Euro- of the UEFA Cup that year, which was won by uh, Shakhtar Donetsk. They beat Werder Bremen in the final. And uh, yeah, that was a real, real special atmosphere because Marseille fans are as mad as a box of frogs in a in a in a in a in a, in a positive way. But that particular, you know, because the away end at the Young Kalaif Arena is mostly three to five thousand, depending on the opponent. And I think you had three thousand fans of Marseille there that night. And uh, yeah, it was uh, absolutely raucous. Bouncing. Absolutely bouncing, but a two-two, two-two, two-two draw 
Uh, unfortunately, Marseille progressed, but it was a game that had everything. A red card, beautiful goals, wonderful atmosphere, and a, a real cracker of a, a European tie. That concludes our third Man on the Post uh, European podcast. We'd like to thank all our listeners for listening to me and Scott. We'd like to point you in the direction of the Man on the Post network, including unusual efforts and Man on the Post extra time. Please take a look and see what takes your fancy, because we have a lot of people taking part in podcasts that have an awful lot of knowledge to give, and they also bring a lot of fun. We'd like to say that we will speak to you again very, very soon, because my partner in crime, Scott, is heading to Rome to watch his beloved AS Roma play Cesca uh, Moscow on Tuesday, is it, Scott? Yeah, fly out next Monday. I've actually got three games next week, so two Swindon ones and one AS Roma game. So yeah, quietly looking forward to it. Yeah, well, I hope I hope you have a wonderful time. What a life, eh? Three games in a week. <laughs> what a life. That's what it's all about, isn't it? That's why. That's why you work hard. <laughs> the bank balance is not looking good after that. After spending quite a lot on train tickets to not uh, to not not them yeah it's not looking good but yeah the memories will last a lifetime yeah you do it for your love of football indeed indeed and you've got to have, it's about having fun as well yes definitely and we'd like to close listeners by stating that always keep your man on the post <laughs>